this episode goes out to all you people who read the Bible. Hopefully that's everyone in the audience. That's right. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. TGIF, everyone. It's Friday. And have you read your Bible today? Uh-huh. That's right. If you haven't, oh boy, this episode is going to hit you hard today. Not again. <laughs> We're going to be putting the book on you. The book. <laughs> the book. So, let's do something new. Let me read you a review. Five stars. It says, what? With four A's. The title of my review is literally my reaction to every episode that I've been able to listen to. Absolutely mind-blowing. Love it. It's anointed, timely, and certainly a voice I want in my life. God bless Kingdom Speak. And that is from DM Rutland on Apple Podcast. And we will say amen to you, DM. Yeah. Bibles. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank it, God for the word. Isn't it 11 minutes a day? If you're going to read, read it. Year? I think, is that what it is? One 11 minutes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you can speed that up. I found out if you go on U version. 1.5X. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So I got a question. Do you get revelation faster if you listen to it faster? Yes, for sure. You do. So-and-so begets, so-and-so yeah, it's great. It says your Bible reading is done for the day, and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, was, was that the Bible? <laughs> I think I missed it. You know, we can be so um, so crazed in our consumption of material that we can. Because mm-hmm. I do that. Audiobooks, I never listen to them at 1x. Mm-hmm. But man, when it comes to the Word, I want to kind of, Point five. Slow down. Mm, yeah. There's an anointing in the word. Isn't there? Yeah, it's different than any other book. Yeah. 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 It, it finds you. I've, um, I think I'm ascribing this to the right source. Bishop Tipton says that it's, it's the only book that you can read that reads you. Mm. Yeah. Man, he's so good for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's something about preachers that preach the word. There's an anointing Mm -hmm. that a man clearly has to do ministry, but yet when he preaches the word, it's like the anointing is 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 stacking because the the word has a resident Mm. anointing with it. And there's just something about word-based preaching that's pretty. Carries its own. Oh, it sure does. Mm-hmm. It does. So you're right. You need to read it. That's right. Read it. Kingdom Speak says, read your Bible. Yes. Today. Pray every day and you'll <clears throat> grow. 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 There's a song in there. There is. Yeah. 
Can we come up with a jingle for that? The 1970s called, and they have their Sunday school song. <laughs> well, Ready for you. <laughs> read. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to get a song. Yeah, no, go. No, no, come no, on. no, no. Oh, Not today. Chicken. Not today, Double. Click him off. Come on. Give him the... <laughs> give him. <laughs> yeah. So when you're reading um, the Word of God, I've 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 heard this. Let, let me let me let me say this. Rabbis claim mm-hmm. that there are seventy faces yeah. to a text. Wow. Yeah. So what they mean by that is that you can look at a text mm-hmm. and you can get a surface meaning from it, but if you just turn it one degree. Mm-hmm. you can get an, an additional perspective that is added to it. And it's, it's, in, it's in the rotating of that text, and it is in the focusing and, how, how about this, the meditating upon it. Yeah. There, there's, there's something about the man that's going to be prosperous that he doesn't just read the law, but he meditates. That's where it comes from. On it day mm-hmm. and night. Mm-hmm. So he reads it in the morning, and it never leaves him throughout the day. I'm, I'm telling you, if you're just starting your walk with God, mm-hmm. you need to make it a daily habit. I'm going to read the Word of God. You need to teach your children to read it. And then, and there's something about, at least for me, reading it first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Agree. That agree. A lot of times, the in those moments of devotion, mm-hmm. it gives me something that 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 I can meditate on throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So, but more than just reading it to check uh, a checkbox and be able to um, pat yourself on the back that you read it through this year. You want to read it till it reads you. Mm-hmm. And you do want to read it prayerfully and ask God to give you revelation out of the Word of God because then that's where it becomes alive. And there's, there's nothing like hearing a new convert come and tell you for the first time that God spoke to them out of the Word of God. Yeah, it's a very powerful experience, right? It is. To, it is. To have a question, and your question is not from the biblical era or from something necessarily in the Bible that you would think. Yeah. But yeah. yet you hear something out of a written word that's spoken, obviously, with spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. And then it applies back into your world. It's right. Like, whoa. Right. <laughs> and to be able to properly interpret scripture a proper hermeneutical approach to the interpretation of scripture Mm -hmm. uh, is also vitally important you need to consume the book not just a favorite passage because that leads to a lopsided the development of a lopsided theology yeah right so i i actually just read a book and uh he's not apostolic but he was talking about reading the bible and one of his main points is never read a scripture. And when you first start the book, it's like, what do you mean never read a scripture? And the point is, 
Don't just read a scripture. Yes. Yes. Get some context. Get some, get the setting. Get the audience. (laughs) Because if you just take that scripture, well, you can reinforce a very bad habit in your life. Totally you can. Right? Or use it to guide you into a very bad area or a bad decision. And one that's hard to get out of because you have Bible to back it up. (laughs) Well, there's that. Right? Yeah. Well, no, but the the Bible says. The boss wants to fire me, but I just read, no weapon shall prosper. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to have my job, when in the reality is you're not going to keep your job because you're a terrible employee. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So the context of what is being written, the audience, although we're all a target audience of Scripture, who was the target audience Mm -hmm. at that moment? Yeah. Okay, so let's, 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 Let's put a parallel track here about any other book that you read from a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. When they're talking about communication, they are talking about it in an entirely different spectrum than what we're going to be talking about it if we write a book today or read the book today that was written a hundred years ago. Yep. Right? So... You're going you're gonna to read about messages being telegrammed mm-hmm. from one side of the world to the other when, in order to receive it, you had to go down to the pharmacy right. yep. at 2 o'clock and check mm-hmm. to see whether the message was sent and whether it was received. Where today... When you read about something like when, when I can literally text someone on the other side of the world, mm-hmm. it's a different era. That's and right. so it affects how you interpret what is being written, what yeah. was written, and how you're reading it today. Yeah, what we're saying is don't <clears throat> just read it. Read it properly. Right. Yeah. Don't develop bad, ha- bad reading habits around it. Right. And interpretation methods. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? So... That's why Paul would look at Timothy and say, you need to study mm-hmm. to show yourself approved, hmm. a workman rightly dividing the word of truth. So you don't study to show yourself a preacher. You don't study mm-hmm. to get a message. You study to show yourself approved hmm. so that you know how to rightly divide the words of truth. Yeah. Okay? There's a bunch of truth in there. Yeah, because everybody has a scripture. Yeah. Or something. And you can really find a scripture to back up whatever lifestyle you want to back up. Oh, my word. You can find a scripture that will literally give you the latitude Mm -hmm. to do anything in your life, and the grace of God will cover it. But that's where you're turning it into lasciviousness. It's a a license to sin. But, But someone can take the same book... And use that as a tool of judgment and, oh, my word, and yes. legalism yep. and condemnation to the point that you can never rise to the bar and, and you just live an unfulfilled, mm-hmm. condemned life. And they're using the same book. Right. It's the same book. <laughs> okay. So you have to read it in totality and not cherry pick. Uh, scriptures literally like going and grabbing a book in your library, turning to page 232 and reading three lines and saying, you know what the book's about. Mm -hmm. You really don't. You can't just grab that 
one passage. You need to digest it as a whole. And so there's 70 faces to every passage. Again, that's what the rabbis claim, where it's like holding a diamond up to the light and it just keeps radiating greater dimensions and 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 truths. Man, do you guys remember Pastor Urshan at Power Conference? Which, man, everything he preaches is incredible. Um, when he got talking about the burning bush. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of the moments where, which I won't spoil it, but... Yeah. Right. It's like, whoa, there's an angle. Right. So I've, I've had people ask me, you know, well, Pastor McKillop, what's your study approach? How do you approach mm-hmm. the Word of God? What do you... Well, number one, I want book to interpret book. Mm-hmm. And I love when you can discover a principle that when you wiggle it in the New Testament, mm. Genesis moves. Yeah. Yep. It runs cover to cover in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And you find the symbolisms of, and as you've already mentioned, Pastor Urshan mm-hmm. is, is an incredible example of that, mm-hmm. where, yeah, I read the surface of the text, Exactly, yeah. And I could say, yes, I read my Bible today, <laughs> and I could go home and pass the test. But underneath of that is just stacked layers mm-hmm. of mystery mm-hmm. that when you dive into it, okay, it's almost like the manna in, in, in the Old Testament. You could gather however much you wanted. It was your hunger that determined how much you gathered. And if you gathered it, you never had more than what you needed, and you never were lacking. It was always however much you wanted to consume. So you literally literally could be in the tent by another guy and eating twice as much as he did. Mm-hmm. Because it was your hunger that determined how much heavenly manna you wanted to eat. Very interesting. So that's what you have to bring to the table when it comes to the Word of God. How hungry are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you didn't see that because you weren't really hungry enough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of, the, one of the ways that I believe Jesus packaged mysteries... Mm-hmm was he packaged them in parables. That's right. That's right. A lot of stories. Okay? Because it comes back to the concept of, the, of, of manna. If a superficial story is all you came to church for, you can leave going, wow, mm. that Jesus guy is quite a storyteller. Mm-hmm. But if you were a true disciple, you could hang around and go, what did you really mean when you said? Okay? Luke chapter 8 kind of gives us an inside track to this. Yeah, Luke 8, verse 9 says, And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others in parables, they that seeing, they might not see, and hearing, they might not understand. So Jesus had a diverse multitude that would follow him, and not everybody that wanted that followed him, wanted the full depth of revelation that he had when he was communicating with them. Okay? So he would take a mystery of the kingdom, Mm -hmm. 
and he would shroud it in a storyline that the superficial could hear it and walk out the door and go, wow. Have you ever heard a man tell a story about a sower quite like that? Mm -hmm. That was amazing. A man went out to sow, and he was liberal with his sowing, and some of it was more productive than others, and there was soil. Wasn't that a fascinating story, kids? Didn't you enjoy that preaching this morning? Underneath is a different code, right? And there's an entire mystery that is lying subsurface to the storyline that Jesus just told, Mm -hmm. and he's just waiting for someone to inquire. But he packaged it in something that was palatable to those that were just content with the surface. You don't just give your pearls to the swine. They, They don't appreciate it. And so... He didn't want the average guy seeing those truths. He wanted you to have to dig for it. He wanted you to have to unpack it. He wanted you to come back to him and say, can you, can you help me? I feel like there's something more in this scripture. I wonder what it is. And it's in those moments when you really start diving in that all of a sudden dimensions of that narrative begin to pop and explode with revelation that is truly transformative. It's then that you find out. It's the disciples that hang around at that moment and find out, oh, the seed is the word of God. Yeah. The multitude didn't get that. Wow. (laughs) And the sower is the son of man. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I'm the soil. Mm Mm-hmm. So I am the one that can determine what the word does for me. Now, everybody that left, left with a good story. But those that hung around for this dimension left with a mystery. I heard uh, Pastor Swing preaching at uh, a meeting a few weeks ago, and he preached on a parable generation, a generation who is content with superficial messages on a Sunday. And we really don't care about the mysteries of the kingdom. Hmm. We're just okay with a nice little story hmm. about a sower sowing in hmm. a field, and we're and we're good to make sure that we're the first family to Shoney's. How about that? Shoney's. Wow. Or Chick-fil-A. Shoney's Grill. Ah, hmm. uh, not on Sunday, I guess. No, not on no, Sunday. No Chick-fil-A on Sundays. Yeah, I okay. know what you mean. I know what you mean. Jesus had the original leave them wanting more kind of thing. Yep. Where yep. He, he when he was done preaching, it made you made you sit back and say, All right, now what what what's the message in the message? Right. Yeah. And disciples are never content to walk away leaving leaving mystery on the table. So do you think preaching still brings that right now in our it should. in our time? Yeah. It should. That's why we don't need superficial preaching. Yeah. We don't need guys guys preaching and, and, and stepping to the pulpit that only know seeds, mm-hmm. dirt, mm-hmm. and sowers. We need preachers that step to the pulpit that know word of God, son of man, and the condition of a man's heart. They know how to unpack the mystery. Yeah, and I guess I've heard you say so. This is not 
anything revelatory, but I've heard you say about, you know, don't just get up and tell a story. Mm. Yeah. Right. But if the story has the underlying message, right? Right. doesn't mean you can't use a story, but just don't get up and tell a story. Right. <laughs> Jesus told the story too. Yes. But there was a message in the story. Okay. And, and, and dare we say this, seems how we've just mm-hmm. been critical of who steps to the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Let me also say this. A congregation possesses the ability to mm-hmm. pull mystery oh, man. out of the narrative. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. With yes. their hunger. That's right. That's right. I am convinced that it's the hunger of the people that come to church on Sunday morning mm-hmm. that determine the dimension of mystery that God gives to the pastor that's going to be preaching to them. Yeah. You know it. How hungry are you? Yeah. The manna will fall from heaven in direct correlation to how hungry you are. Mm-hmm. So if, if you crave revelation and you hunger that, you will leave with mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll leave with it. Mm-hmm. You'll leave. But if you're satisf- satisfied with the surface and you're happy with the superficial, you're just going to leave with the story. Mm-hmm. And you can think, man, he's a good, and he is a good storyteller. But look what you're leaving on the table. Mm-hmm. Look what you're leaving there. Okay? And the book is full of this from cover to cover. You do know that there's nobody that's plunged the depths of the Word of God. The more you study it, the more you realize you don't know it. Hmm. It is a well that just continues to give. It's like give zooming on Google give. Maps. You just right. keep going and you see more detail. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like the, uh, you guys fly drones. It's, it's the altitude. Yeah. You know, yep. if, if, you're, if you're hovering over the tree line, mm-hmm. the landscape looks entirely different than if you are a half a mile up. Yeah. Well, we don't fly half a mile because we'd get arrested, but, you know. Yeah, right. You don't. <laughs> right. So here's an interesting thing. When you begin pursuing revelation and you're asking God for more, mm-hmm. show me one of the other 69 facets of this text that I haven't yet tapped into. Yeah. You got to be ready. You got to be ready. This is be careful what you ask for. <laughs> right. Because when you begin pursuing revelation, there's no guarantee that what you discover or what he reveals won't be a bit offensive. This is where they said, oh, this is a hard saying. <laughs> okay. Seems how you brought that up. Let's uh, do it. John chapter 6. Yeah. John 6.30. They said, therefore, unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? So now they're digging, right? Right. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Mm-hmm. For the bread of God. So is... then he confronts them. They got this neat little narrative that Moses got them bread from heaven. Mm-hmm. That's been passed down from generation mm-hmm. to generation. They were cool with that. And he's touching the sacred cow. Yeah. So to speak. Right? Yeah. It yeah. wasn't Moses. Yeah. 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 What do you mean it wasn't Moses? Mm-hmm. Okay. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. 
Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said, So unto okay, them, but but there's a hint of sarcasm there. Yeah. Oh, so if it's if it's that, then just go ahead and give it to us now. That's right. Right? Yeah. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Boom. <laughs> he that cometh to me shall never <laughs> hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Boom. I am the bread of life. Yep. I am the manna. Oh, they weren't ready for that. That fell in the wilderness. Now, you got to understand this is coming out of the mouth of a man that they think is trying to make himself God. Mm-hmm. They are refusing to accept the Messiahship of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he looks at them and says, seems how you want to go a little deeper? I am that manna. That was super offensive to them. Mm -hmm. The Bible says because of that message, many became offended Mm -hmm. and many walked away. All because they asked for more. (laughs) Are you sure you want more? (laughs) You have to be ready for more Mm -hmm. when you ask for more. Your spiritual man has to be prepared for the traditions that he's lived by to be confronted. Mm -hmm. When you want more, you have to be prepared for offense. (laughs) Here's another one. Mark chapter 7. Yeah, Mark chapter 7, verse 24 (laughs) says this, And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into an house... And would have no man know it, but he could not be hid, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek and Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. She answered him and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs." And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. Interesting little story. <clears throat> yep. Now you can leave with just that, or we can look a little closer. Now she was there to get a miracle. Yeah. And Jesus starts giving her this whole parable about dogs. Mm-hmm. A very offensive response yeah, to her. I would say, yeah. But she's a Syrophoenician. Okay? Gentiles were considered dogs. Mm-hmm. He's a Jew. They have no reason to be conversing let alone for her to experience the miraculous intervention of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but here's an interesting thing. You can just read that story and and go, wow, that's pretty neat. Jesus was merciful and, and extended. She withstood the offense. And you yep. know what? There's a great, there's a great, there's a great principle there yep. on the other side of your offense. Mm-hmm. Could be a miracle. That's right. Okay. 
But there's an addition that, that is included in Matthew's rendition of this story. So this is where you take Scripture and you interpret Scripture with mm-hmm. it and you try to unpack additional levels of truth. What's another face amongst the 70? Right. Okay. Mark says she came and besought Jesus. Matthew says she came and worshiped Jesus. <clears throat> that word worship there means, okay, get this in its chron- chronological placement. She came and worshiped him before he said to her, you are a dog. Mm-hmm. And that word worship there means to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. Hmm. She went to Jesus, and the approach to Jesus was such that she already knew she wasn't qualified. Hmm. When Jesus looked at her and said, you're a dog, we can interpret that to be a racial racially charged statement that a Jew was making about a Gentile. But she was already of that understanding Hmm. in her approach to him in worship, which literally opened the door to her, to the miraculous, to her, where Jesus reached beyond the restraints of the timeline of where he was to the other side of Calvary, where the medium was going to be tore down between Jew and Gentile mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to go ahead and answer your prayer now. That's a little different, isn't it? Now, that's all in that story. Those are the verses within the verses. <laughs> Those are the pearls mm-hmm. within the parables. Mm-hmm. Okay? Is she wasn't offended by what Jesus said because she was already mentally prepared she already knew, and her approach to Christ was in that nature. I, I know that I'm just a dog. Mm-hmm. Okay? Let's look at another one. John chapter 8, woman caught in the act of adultery. Yes, and the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst... They say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. You notice that? Really, this narrative has little to do with the woman caught in the act of adultery. Mm -hmm. This is the motivation behind this entire setup that they might have something to accuse him by. They're after Jesus, not the woman. Yeah, they were hungry. That's right. <laughs> yeah, what do they call the that in court thing. when they bring in, yeah. uh, not an exhibition, but it's like a, there's a word for it, I can't think of it right now, but they're just using her right. to prop up their point. Right, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's really almost a stage, Yeah. right? Yeah. Because they don't bring the guy, she's caught in the act of adultery, Mm-hmm. So that means there's two. They mm-hmm. only bring her. And then they just turn their hand and say, the whole reason we're doing this is so that we can find something to accuse Jesus about. Mm-hmm. All right. 
But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. I love it. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw no one but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Fascinating story. So the whole setup is to get Jesus caught in a trap where he is in opposition to the law. Right? We're going to use Moses' law Mm -hmm. to try to catch you in your words. You know that according to the law, she is to be stoned. Mm -hmm. We are here with stones. Mm -hmm. Let's make it happen. Yes, very convenient. Yeah. Okay? And so Jesus gets down on his knees, begins writing in the dirt. The detail that John captures here of after Jesus says, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. John notes something. Mm-hmm. They all begin to leave from the eldest to the youngest. Mm-hmm. The hierarchy of accusation is dissolving. Mm-hmm. Those with seniority are going first. Okay? They grab the moment. And so we have this, this neat little story that, that ends up with a woman caught in the act of, adul- of adultery at the feet of Jesus, stones lying all around, no one there to accuse her. Her and Jesus by themselves, they're in that moment, the accused and the Redeemer. And John. And John, obviously, <laughs> poking his head around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> right? Record keeping, yes. And he says, there's no one here to accuse you. Go Powerful. your way and Powerful. sin no more. Powerful. Powerful. What a story. Yeah, it is. What a story. Mm-hmm. Okay? We've heard it preached. Here, here's one of the 70 faces of the text where they shouldn't have said, what do you say? Right? That's right. This is what Moses says. But what do you say? Because by asking Jesus what he said. Gave him a chance. That's right. It gave him a chance. They shouldn't have said that. But they're so driven to capture Jesus in his words Mm -hmm. that they keep baiting him. But there's an additional context that I would like to to add to this story here. And it, it centers around what Jesus wrote in the ground. All right. Now, I reckon there's very few people that have read that passage that have not wondered to themselves, what did Jesus write in the ground? You know it. <laughs> right? If you haven't, you're wondering now. And you can listen next episode and find out. Thank you for listening. We're going to put it behind a paywall. <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we have an aerial image of yeah. from when he wrote this that we're going to be putting out to our paid subscribers. We're going to have the displayed here in our Kingdom Speak studios as well. Yeah. 
Have you ever seen those deals where they pour that, that I don't know, liquid mercury down in like these ant hills? Oh yeah. It goes down through all the tubes and then they blow the yep. dirt away Pull and it's it this amazing concoction. We have a, the form of what Jesus wrote. Wow. Yeah. Only on Kingdom Speak. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Pretty amazing. Uh this would be a I feel like we've come up for air here for a second, so <laughs> well, let, me, uh, <laughs> let me just ask you, have you subscribed to Kingdom Speak? I mean, what are you doing? You could be new here, right? You could be new, and uh, that's okay. We like new subscribers, uh, just like the old ones. If right? they're subscribers. If you're subscribers. Now, if you're freeloading, stop right oh, now. The freeloaders are not welcome. Um, and yeah, if your conscience is bothering you right now, like these people in our story we're talking about. But yes, uh, look us up on Apple Podcasts. Uh, primarily is where we're at. If, if you look closely into the sand, it says that you need to be a Kingdom Speak subscriber. Written in the sand. <laughs> Written in the sand. Subscribe. The subscribe Speak. button? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was in the sand. And and a share, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're also yeah. on the YouTube, if you haven't heard. We're on the YouTube. On the YouTube. <laughs> Is that on the internets? Um, on the internets. The Inter- interwebs. Interwebins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, merch has arrived. Has arrived. Man. We have to keep talking about this because we've pumped it up for so many weeks that it was on the way. And it's flying off the shelves, it, too. It we, we can't keep pushing it. Pushing it out it's amazing. the door. It's amazing. So head over to kingdomspeak.ca. Uh, you can sign up to be a kingdom speaker. Uh, in the meantime, kingdomspeak.ca slash merch. Gets you into our merch site uh, where there's all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, anything over $75 ships free. And uh, there's some really cool stuff on there. So I'll leave it at that for now. But yeah, merch is live. After that short message, we revert back to the writings in the sand. You're Googling it to see what it was while I was doing this. I was trying to find it. (laughs) (laughs) We got it set up now. Now what are we going to (laughs) do? Ooh. Okay, so the context of this story mm-hmm. is the Feast of Tabernacles. So when you go back to chapter 7, you have people coming from all over the nation of Israel to Jerusalem. They are moving out of their homes into tents mm-hmm. to commemorate what it was like when God brought them out of Egypt and kept his hand upon them, and they lived in temporary dwellings as they made their way sojourning mm-hmm. from Egypt to the promised land. Okay? Mm-hmm. So this is how they kept in touch with the provisions of the past, mm-hmm. which also included water. Mm-hmm. Okay? And this was at a time of the year when they would beseech God to give them water, understanding that God was the source of water. Right. Right. And they knew that they needed water for their crops. So they would offer sacrifices and they would say, God, we know you're the source of water. Please let the windows of heaven open up so that our crops will grow. Makes and, sense. and so they would, they, would, they would actually bring water and pour it on the sacrifice and offer a sacrifice during the Feast of Tabernacles. It is here. Ironically enough, in chapter 7, that Jesus, on that great and final 
day of the feast, stands and cries aloud. Yep. Why? Because the celebration is wide open. The sacrifices are being offered. Mm. And he strategically, at that moment, because they are celebrating that God is the source of water. Okay? They've, they've spent time talking about how in the wilderness that the water came out of the rock yeah. when Moses smote the rock, and God kept them from dying of thirst. They talked about how God controlled the water when they came through the Red Sea and when they came through the Jordan. Mm -hmm. God was the source of water. And so Jesus uses this moment in the seventh chapter of John to stand on that great and last day of the feast mm -hmm. and cry aloud and say. He said, if any man thirst. If any man thirst. Interesting. Let him come unto me. Yes. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Woo. But this spake he of the Spirit. Yes. They that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Right. So this is why he said it. Do you see why yeah. he's saying this? Yeah. Okay? Yep. That scripture, from our perspective, is great, because we, we use it. Man, we're talking about the Holy Ghost, and, yeah. and man, you need to get the Holy Ghost, that living water springing up within you. It'll, it'll come out of your innermost being like rivers of living water. That's right. And it will, yeah. and that's powerful. But when you put it in the context... Yep of what is happening, he is really trying to reveal to a nation that is rejecting him, I am the source That's of right. water. That's right. Just like he said that he was the source of bread yeah. that came down yeah. from heaven, mm -hmm. and I am the manna. Okay? Come to me. I will be in you a well of water springing up mm -hmm. from within you. <clears throat> Wow. Hmm. A little different. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what did they do? Many of them rejected him. Okay. Mm -hmm. I would venture to say that the dudes that found the woman committing adultery that next night and brought her in to the feet of Jesus mm -hmm. was probably in the camp of those who refused to accept the, the reality that Jesus Christ was the source oh, yeah, of sure. water. Because by embracing the fact that Jesus Christ was the source of water, you had to accept the deity of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that is what they refused to do. That's what they had a problem with. That is what they had a problem with. So... So that sets up the story a bit because they were already that what he had already told them went down a bit sideways. It did. And it, and, and it, was, it was believed by many... But it was refused by, yep. by, by some as well. Mm -hmm. So you now have a, di a division happening mm -hmm. within the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. Now, another interesting tidbit is that amongst the celebration of Jesus, of, of not of Jesus, of God being the source of water, mm -hmm. and they're all sleeping in tents, and they're all celebrating, and they're all entreating God, about water, 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 water. Jesus makes that statement. But the additional context is that what they would teach 
out of the book of Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. And this particular passage was taught at the Feast of Tabernacles. And it can be found in Jeremiah chapter 17, Mm -hmm. verse 12. And we're going to be reading it in the NIV. A glorious throne exalted from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. So the rabbis were teaching this. Mm-hmm. O Lord, O Lord, the hope of Israel, yes, all who forsake you will be put to shame. Everybody who forsakes you will be put to shame. All right. We're okay. going to stop right here. Yeah. <laughs> and we will come back next week. Yeah. <laughs> Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because, <laughs> well... <laughs> They have forsaken the Lord, well, the spring of living water. Because they have forsaken the Lord. The what? The spring. The spring. Hmm. The spring of living water. So if you will not re, if you will not accept the Lord as the spring of living water, mm. he will reject you and write your name in the dust. I got a question for you. What do you suppose Jesus was writing <laughs> at the Feast of Tabernacles when a woman is caught in the act of adultery? And just prior to her being caught in the act of adultery, there are people that rejected his clarion call that I will be the source of living water for you. Mm-hmm. And if you accept me, mm-hmm. coming from your innermost being will be rivers of living water. What do you suppose Jesus was writing in the dirt when he got down on his knees? in front of that woman caught in the act of adultery. Do you think he was writing a love letter to her? Do you think he was writing, (laughs) you are forgiven, you are forgiven, you are forgiven, you are forgiven, you are forgiven? I think we need like 10 Bible bombs. (laughs) Yeah. Insane. There is a strong possibility that he was writing the names of those men that were standing there accusing her. Mm -hmm. At the same moment that he was extending comfort to her, he was confronting them. Ooh, that's a good one right there. Yeah. And it is because of this that they begin to leave in a chronological fashion. Because I believe quite likely he wrote the oldest dude's name first. And as he the name, away. the roll. Oh, boy. He wrote my name down. That's ding, not good. The rocks would hit the dirt. Ding. That's the rocks would hit the dirt. <laughs> And one by one, the accusers left. Well, I did a Google search, and it said that he wrote Judge Not in the sand. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Google. (laughs) That's what it says. Receive it. (laughs) Wow. By kneeling in the dirt, he was not just getting on her level. He was getting on their level. (laughs) Yes, he was. Man, that's good stuff right there. And that's all in little stories, in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. So you've got to make up your mind when you're reading Scripture that you go, all right, God, where is the treasure in this? Where's the pearl in this parable? Where's the mystery in this narrative? I know that there's a whole lot more to this story. Mm than just what I'm reading. And as you begin to consume the Word of God, coming full circle back, you need to read it every day. 
and you need to pray every day that God gives you revelation. Mm -hmm. God, show me. Yeah. Show me more. I, mm -hmm. I, I want to know more. As you do, you begin to unearth some of these, some of these revelations. I think as we as we wrap up, one of the fascinating parables that I really enjoy, and I've heard it preached from a number of different angles, undoubtedly has 70 faces, and that is the treasure in the field. And when the man finds the treasure, mm -hmm. who for the joy, mm -hmm. he goes, sells all that he has, to buy the field because there was a treasure in the field. Mm -hmm. And and I have preached it, and it's not wrong. It's just one of the different facets of it mm -hmm. that anybody that comes to God has got to be willing to buy the field That's to right. get the treasure. That. And you got to be willing to sell all that you have, mm -hmm. like the rich young ruler, and give it to the poor if that's what it takes. But really, I think the overarching message in this narrative is the son of man hmm. coming because he saw the church he saw the treasure he saw you in the field and so he sold it all he walked away from it all who for the joy that was set before him he saw me he saw you he saw us in the field, mm -hmm. and he came and bought. He loved the world, but he loved what was in it, and he saw the church in it. If you think you're worthless today, you just need to read that scripture. He loved you enough. You're the treasure in the field. You're bought with a price. You're the pearl of great price. Mm -hmm. And he loved you that much that he left it all to come get you. We could keep going and going and going and going because this is, this is exemplified on every page of your Bible. I just want to encourage you. Keep reading your book. Keep asking God to give you revelation. Don't be content with superficial surface renderings of Scripture. Mm -hmm. I say, God, I want you to show me hidden truths. I want you to reveal to me the mysteries Mm -hmm. of what you're trying to say. I don't just want to be someone who follows Jesus in the multitude for the loaves and the fishes. I want to be one of those disciples that hangs around after the crowd goes home and says, what were you really meaning? And that's where real truth is discovered.